0: Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 1 through 6 and verses 16 to 25. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International or NDI. This adult Sunday School video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday School lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or families. The Faith Connections Sunday School lessons have been going through a series entitled Lessons from the Kings of Judah. We've been studying a few selected kings of Judah who reigned during a period when the nation of Israel was divided into two kingdoms. One kingdom to the north, called Israel, with its capital in Samaria. The other kingdom to the south, called Judah, with its capital in Jerusalem. We've been studying various kings in the south, the nation of Judah. These kings are the descendants of King David to whom God had promised in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. The kings of Judah that we're studying uh, were the beginning of that promise being fulfilled. We know today that God's promise to David is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the King of Kings who lived as king, died as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, was raised to life after three days, and is forever on his throne. So far in our study, we've been observing lessons from the lives of Jehoshaphat and Uzziah. Both kings were recorded in 2 Chronicles as good kings, seeking the Lord and doing right in the eyes of God. As we saw last week, the end of Uzziah's reign was not as positive as the beginning. As King Uzziah experienced great success, pride became his downfall according to 2 Chronicles 26, verse 16. Because of his pride, Uzziah became leprous, living his last 10 years away from people and unable to enter the temple of the Lord. during those final 10 years of Uzziah's life. His son, Jotham, became king of Judah. Jotham lived in obedience to God, like Uzziah in the earlier part of Uzziah's reign. The people of Judah, however, had picked up the sins of their previous leaders. You might remember that Uzziah's father, King Amaziah, had set up the false gods of the people of Sire as his own gods, bowed down to them and burned burned sacrifices to them, according to 2 Chronicles 25, verse 14. Then, of course, with Uzziah's pride as an example, we have seen how the kings of Judah led the people of Judah astray. While King Jotham, Uzziah's son, followed the ways of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 27, verse 2 says, The people continued their corrupt practices. Four years before Jotham died, Jerusalem's leading citizens removed him forcibly from office in favor of his son Ahaz. King Ahaz, the grandson of Uzziah, is the focus of our lesson for this week. King Ahaz will show us the full effect of leadership on the life of the people he was called to serve. We will soon see that the moral and spiritual quality of Israel's leaders determine the religious and political fortunes of the entire community. Ahaz brought calamity upon the people of Judah because of his sin. He is remembered as one of the most evil kings in Judah's history, almost destroying the nation in his 16 years as king. With that background, let's begin with reading Second Chronicles chapter 28, verses 1 through 6, and then verses 16 to 25. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years, unlike David his father. He did not not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel and also made idols for worshiping the Baals. He burned sacrifices in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and sacrificed his children in the fire, engaging in the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the high places, on the hilltops, and under every spreading tree. Therefore, the Lord his God delivered him into the hands of the king of Aram. The Arameans defeated him and took many of his people as prisoners and brought them to Damascus. He was also given into the hands of the king of Israel, who inflicted heavy casualties on him. In one day, Pekah, son of Ramaliah killed 120,000 soldiers in Judah because Judah had forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And then skipping down to verse 16. At that time, King Ahaz sent, sent to the kings of Assyria for help. The Edomites uh, had again come and attacked Judah and carried away prisoners while the Philistines had raided towns in the foothills in the Negev of Judah. They captured and occupied Beth Shemesh, Ajalon, and Gederoth, as well as Soko, Timnah, and Gimzo, with their surrounding villages. The Lord had humbled Judah because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had promoted wickedness in Judah, and had been most unfaithful to the Lord. Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came to him, but he gave him trouble instead of help. Ahaz took some of the things from the temple of the Lord and from the royal palace and from the officials and presented them to the king of Assyria, but that did not help him. In his time of trouble, King Ahaz became even more unfaithful to the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him. For he thought, since the gods of the kings of Aram have helped them, I will sacrifice to them so they will help me. But they were his downfall and the downfall of all Israel. Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and cut them in pieces. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. In every town in Judah, he built high places to burn sacrifices to other gods and aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of his ancestors. Instead of following the way of of King David and the faith of his fathers, King Ahaz began to follow the ways of the kings of Israel to the north. Most Israelite kings during the years of the divided kingdom did not worship Yahweh, Israel's God. And like the kings of Israel, King Ahaz of Judah made idols for worshiping the Baals. Verse 2, burned sacrifices to the in the valley of Ben Hinnom and sacrificed his children in the fire. Verse three, and burned incense at the high places, on the hilltops and under every spreading tree. Verse four. Sadly, these very activities were the worship practices of the nations who lived in the promised land before God gave Israel this land as His special gift. The idols for worshiping the baals were molten cast metal images. Notice that worshiping the Baals is plural. This is evidence of many temples or shrines to Baal that were around the country. Each god of the Baals was designated as the Baal of a certain geographical region. For example, Numbers chapter 25 verse three mentioned the Baal of Peor. The valley of Ben-Hinnom is mentioned in verse three. The valley was just south and west of the Jerusalem of Ahaz's day and is still called the valley of Hinnom today. The valley was one of the city's natural defense features that made it difficult for advancing enemy armies to get to the wall of Jerusalem. The valley was known for constant fires from the worship of the Baals that even included human sacrifices. According to 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 10, the god's name associated with this valley was Molech. Ahaz and his grandson Manasseh were the two Judean kings reported to have sacrificed their own children in the fire to pagan gods in the valley of Hinnom. The Hebrew for Valley of Ben-Hinom is Gi-Ben-Hinom, which directly translates as the Valley of Hinom's Son. The Hebrew word for Son, Ben, is left out many times, giving the title Gi-Hinom, or the Valley of Hinom. The Greek transliteration of Gi-Hinom is Gehenna, one of the New Testament names that's used for hell. This valley, and all it represented, was like the people's vision of hell. In this hellish place, King Ahaz of Judah would go to worship the gods of the Canaanites, and there he offered his own children in human sacrifice to Molech. I don't need to stay on this point very long, but let me just say, that when people walk away from the, the way of God and continue to op- in open disobedience to him, the end of such a pathway is the way of death and hell. How far Ahaz had fallen from following the one true God of Israel. He dragged his family literally to Gehenna, to hell. And as we will soon see, all of Judah followed. Because of King Ahaz's sins, 2 Chronicles 28, verses 5 and 6 recorded that God delivered Ahaz into the hands of the king of Aram and Pekah, the king of Israel. The most formidable of the Aramean or Syrian states was the state with its capital in Damascus. We learn in verse 5 that the Arameans defeated the nation of Judah and took many of Ahaz's people as prisoners and brought them to Damascus. The, tragi- the tragic irony here is that Ahaz's grandfather, King Uzziah, had enjoyed great success against the Iranian armies. Now, because of Ahaz's abandonment of Israel's God, God allowed Ahaz to be defeated on the field of battle with heavy losses of men taken as prisoners of war. If defeat to the Arameans had not weakened Judah enough, verse six reveals that Judah also suffered great casualties in battle against their northern neighbors, Israel, and its king, King Pekah. In one day, Israel's army killed 120,000 soldiers of Judah. During the war against the Arameans and Israel, the prophet Isaiah came to King Ahaz with an important word of counsel that's recorded in Isaiah chapter 7. In Isaiah 7 verses 10 and 11, the Lord spoke to King Ahaz and called on him to ask the Lord for a sign that God would ultimately destroy Israel to the north and Aram. For some unknown reason, Ahaz rejected God's request. In verse 13, Isaiah said, "'Hear now, you house of David. "'Is is it not enough to try the patience of humans? "'Will you try the patience of my God also?' Ahaz's sinful disposition prevented him from receiving this good news and following Isaiah's instructions. The nations of Aram, with its capital in Damascus, and Israel, with its capital in Samaria, had inflicted on Ahaz his first and greatest military disasters. With Judah now greatly weakened, the Edomites to the south and southeast, and the Philistines to the southwest of Judah, joined in nine at the now helpless little kingdom of Judah. Remember that Two generations earlier, King Uzziah was in full control of these two nations. Before the disaster Ahaz brought on Judah, it would have been unthinkable for the Philistines even to attack, let alone capture and occupy any of the towns listed in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, uh, 28, verse 18. Verse 19 makes clear that Judah's position, now under the control, of all the surrounding nations was not by chance. God humbled Judah. God did this because King Ahaz promoted wickedness in Judah and had been most unfaithful to the Lord. Ahaz wasn't just interested in doing his own thing. Instead, he wanted the whole nation to follow him. He promoted wickedness. The literal translation of promoted wickedness from is from the Hebrew uh, that Ahaz had caused Judah's people to act without restraint. To be very clear about our own day in 2023, the agenda of prideful sin today is no different than what we see in the day of Ahaz. Leaders and the people who followed them who walk without restraint are not satisfied to simply walk in this evil themselves. Instead, they promote wickedness and encourage moral decline within the land. Abandoning the worship of God, Ahaz led Judah in worshiping false gods and brought his people to a place where the moral and ethical foundation was completely unstable. Verse 19 ends with a very strong Hebrew construction of a phrase that the NIV, the New International Version, translates as Ahaz had been most unfaithful to the Lord. A direct translation would be continually unfaithful to the Lord. With the country in shambles because of God's judgment on sin, where would Ahaz turn for help? The Hebrew term Used for help throughout the book of Psalms, was used in key moments of distress as worshipers called on God as the one who could help them. In some of the dark moments in Israelite history, leaders sought help from the Lord and the Lord answered their prayers for mercy. Here are just two examples of the many that I could look at. In Psalm chapter 51, King David prayed these words. Have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel prayed these words. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in the name of our kings our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, Listen, Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. Would Ahaz respond in a similar way to these other leaders of Israel in his time of need? Unfortunately, no. King Ahaz doubled down in rejecting God. Instead of seeking the Lord for help, Ahaz sought the help of Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria. Instead of humbling himself before the God of mercy and grace, Ahaz turned deeper in sin and rebellion. Rather than turning to God for wisdom, Ahaz turned to the world's answer to life's problems, only compounding his problems. Second Chronicles chapter, 22, uh, chapter 28, verse 22 says, In his time of trouble, King Ahaz became even more unfaithful to the Lord. At the request of King Ahaz, Assyria assisted them, and there was victory. The losses, however, were significant. The heavy annual tribute placed on Judah brought incredible economic hardship. In desperation, rather than praying and seeking the Lord, Ahaz took items from the temple and palace for tribute. This fulfilled the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 20. In that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave your head. Instead of helping Judah, Assyria had brought nothing. Trouble. Once again, King Ahaz turned deeper into sin. His thought was, well, since the gods of Damascus are helping in Assyria over us, I will worship the gods of Damascus to see if they will help us too. Verse 23 says, Ahaz offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him. Our final two verses of this week's lesson verses 24 and 25 of 2nd Chronicles chapter 28 function as a summary of the demise of Ahaz. There can hardly be a more sorrowful sentence in the annals of the kings of Judah than these solemn words. Ahaz shut the doors of the Lord's temple. He moved the worship of the foreign gods to the streets and public squares of Jerusalem, he continued spreading pagan worship throughout the weak, tiny kingdom that remained under his control. Broken and weakened spiritually and politically, one might ask, was there any hope for Judah? The wonderful answer of God's grace and mercy is a resounding yes to Judah and to us today. God did not abandon Judah. God was faithful when Ahaz and Judah were completely unfaithful. God's promise held. God would one day restore Judah. If you or someone you know has consistently chosen to walk away from God, I want you to see the incredible patience of God in the story of Ahaz. Please know that it's not too late for you or your loved one. We need to turn to God today and allow him to bring healing to our lives for his sake and for our good. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections Podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.